Welcome to another episode of Coffee and Cortisol, your PA podcast. My name is Viet, and today we're going to do a deeper dive into a topic of uh, traveling out of state for grad school. So we're going to switch switch up things a little bit. I'm going to be your host, and we're going to be interviewing David. He's going to be in the hot seat, and we can pick his brains. So we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk about the, the topic of, you know, going out of state to attend grad school. And then we're going to finish up with some tips for PA school interviews, since we know that a lot of you guys out there are, you know, currently interviewing or thinking about interviewing or uh, having this on your mind. So we're just going to throw out some tips that may be helpful. And that's going to be at the end. All right. Let's get started. All right. So, David. You're originally from Wisconsin, right? That is correct. Okay. So, you know, you chose to come to California for PA school. Um, Tell us a little bit about the decision that went into deciding to go out of state for PA school. Yeah. So originally when I decided on where I wanted to go to PA school, um, I wanted to either go to a school in Wisconsin or uh, somewhere where it was warm. Um, I figured if I had to be away from home by a couple hours uh, or longer, I'd rather be somewhere where it's warm. Uh, So I just applied to Florida schools, Arizona schools, California schools. Um, At the time, I wasn't great at geography and didn't realize that the Bay Area is a cold area to live in. So um, I thought it was like Southern California, and it's not. uh, For those of you not in the Bay, it's 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 nice, but it's also uh, uh, gets down to 50, which can be cool at the time. It's not uh, California stereotypical sunny. Um, so that's kind of where I decided on where to apply to schools, uh, in addition to a few locals as well. Oh, okay. All right. I was getting straight. So you decided to go to PA school because of the weather. Yes. 100%. I almost thought it's for the people. It's for, you know, the diversity but it's for the weather. And that's, that's so interesting because that's not the first time I heard of that. Uh, we have another, another one of our classmates, um, Kathy. She said that she's never going back because it's so it, – the, the weather here is amazing compared to the Midwest, which I think is, you know, interesting, right, of, of all things. I would think, you know, the food or the people or the, the openness. But uh, that's, that's interesting that that's the top of mind for both you guys. Well, how many times do you eat out in a week, right? Like once, twice a week. Like, I mean, you know, for like a really good meal or whatever. Um, but you get the weather every day. And uh, I mean, a, a winter can be pretty draining at times. So it's, um, you know, it's it's a lot of how you dress for it and how you prepare for it and like your mentality. But, um, and, and so it's not like, it, it doesn't have to like get you down a lot, but it does matter. That's, that's interesting. Sure. Um, so check this out. So you decided to go to PA school in California. A lot of things went into consideration, obviously, right? So yes. um, you had to basically pick up and come over here with your family. And you had to kind of pause life at home over there. So there's a couple of things there. Um, but first and foremost, like, how did you figure that out with your family? Um, well, we're fortunate enough that our families are pretty understanding on you know, uh, our decisions, (laughs) like they aren't super overbearing in any way. So we didn't really have to fight them on like, you know, when will we see you like, you know, or or any dramatic, uh, 
you know, episode or anything like that. So it was nice because we, they knew they were like, they were happy for us. They were, you know, glad we were able to come out here and, um, you know, meant they could come out here too. So they were happy for that. You know, it, uh, I mean, at the time we, we, well, we still do, we own a house. And so we had to like rent out the house and that was kind of sad. Cause it's like our first house and, you know, uh, probably more uh, attached to it than we like realized. And so like, we have to like put our house into the hands of someone else, you know, and it's kind of a, um, it's an extension of you in a lot of ways. And like, it's like, man, are they going to wreck it? Are they going to just, you know, um, burn it to the ground? Like what's going to happen? And, you know, ultimately we realized, you know, uh, it's been up for like 90 some plus years and it hasn't burnt down yet or been destroyed yet. So I think a couple of years of renters, like isn't going to be the end of the world, but it's still something like you kind of like are a little worried about um so that was tough uh you know the the fortunate thing is my wife was able to find a good job out here and so um that way like we were able to kind of hit the ground running when we came out that's that's actually pretty fortunate for you guys because like i can't imagine the stress of let's say if you're going out of state like and you have a spouse or your family and that's something that you can't do it would be quite challenging right because you know if your parents are old and you have to kind of be there to attend to them then like this is not an option that you can have so lucky. yeah that's a good point i mean uh both of our four of our parents are uh i mean they, they don't really have any health conditions or they're able to take care of themselves like don't have any siblings that need any have any like extracurricular needs you know it's um don't really have a lot of obligations back home um and that's that was actually made it a lot easier you know and and the flights weren't horribly expensive but they're they're a cost every time you have to do it so um how often yeah. how often are you going back and forth it was crazy because everyone decided to get married while we were gone. Um, I think, I think we had at least four or five weddings going on in before COVID hit. So it was, um, I mean, we went back sometimes like every other month, uh, during certain periods. And then there was longer periods between like not having uh, time off, but you know, it just was kind of inevitable of people getting married and having to go back for things like that. I mean, my sister got married, uh, two of my wife's best friends got married, you know, it just, um, my best man was trying to get married. Um, but then he COVID happened. Uh, my wife's brother got married, you know, just, I, I mean, honestly, like now that I think about it, it's probably eight or so weddings that we ended up uh, having. So it was Jesus Lord. I know it's crazy. Cause we had like no weddings prior, honestly, like all of my college roommates got married while we were over here. It's just, and I had four of them. Um, it's just, yeah. it's ridiculous. I guess, I mean, I guess that leads me to this next question that, uh, I think it's pretty important. Like, I guess finances, right? Um, If I was like, I'm pretty fortunate. I'm from California. So I guess, you know, everything's pretty local for me. So I'm lucky. I don't have to consider that. But if I was to, let's say, you know, if I got accepted to a school in New York or Florida or something like finances would be a huge issue. So how did you, um, how do you factor whether you can afford this or not? Or was that not even a factor as in like, oh, I'm just going to take loans forever. So that was uh, definitely a factor. And you hear, you know, coming from the Midwest that like, hey, it's super expensive in California, especially San Francisco. Um, I think, and this is probably a different podcast, but, um, you know, we are pretty strict about having a budget. And so we are able to kind of tell like where our money's going and what we're doing with it. Um, You know, when we came out here, like, we knew we'd would need a car, so we tried to plan for that, um, and we we saved up, but like we bought a car, um, and then we're we're in an apartment. 
you know, like uh, luckily my wife has a good job, but um, there were like, it's still really expensive here. And like, there were times when like, it was like really tight financially for us. Um, we eventually got our feet underneath us, but you know, it, it is, it's expensive to get out here. It's expensive to like figure out where the grocery, the cheap grocery store is. Cause there's always a the really expensive one that you um, kind of want to avoid, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just tough to find those like little things where like, you know, where the stuff is, or you know, where the good places are. And it just takes time. It took us probably six months before we really like found our bearing on like where everything is and, and how to manage it. Well, that's pretty interesting. It, it's just, it's, I mean, I'm curious about it because it's not something that I have to consider, right? But let's say right. if I was from the Midwest or like Texas or something like that, then I would, you know, I'm like, maybe, maybe life of living a life of having loans is what it's all about, you know? But, and I'm fine with that. I've always been okay with just taking loans and then ending up paying back. But I'm not sure, I guess, you people from the Midwest, like, that's not your mentality or something like that. Like, you guys don't believe in that kind of lifestyle. Well, it kind of, I mean, it, it depends on your lifestyle. I mean, um, we didn't want to overstep our bounds, you know, and like, I mean, we kind of said, I have a goal for ourselves of like just using loans to pay for school not using loans to like pay for living. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so we just, you know, that was kind of our goal for most of it. And we did pretty well with that. There was, I think a couple of times when we used loans for uh, other things just to, um, in those first few months, especially to get like kind of settled in. But, um, you know, it's nice to be done with less debt. I mean, it's less, you know, burden that you have to pay for eventually. Yeah. And those loans accumulate while you're in school. So like, you know, it, it sucks to have a, a lot of them just hanging out there if you can avoid it. I mean, sometimes that's just the cost of going to school and you can't really, you know, help it. But um, I mean, frankly, yeah. I just, we were lucky that way. So it, so I guess in terms of like one to 10, um, in terms of like how challenging it was to deal with all this while being in school, how much additional stress did this contribute? Honestly, I'd say like a three. Um, oh, that's not even that bad then. No, it wasn't. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe not the like best example here um, for a couple ways because um, I don't know. We just, we just handled it well. It was, it wasn't like super crazy to get out here. It, uh, we didn't bring a lot. Um, so we didn't have to like worry about bringing like all of our earthly possessions with us, like in our car, you know, we just, um, brought what we needed a dog well yeah um but he was good on the way out he's he slept most of the time he's good uh but yeah i mean it wasn't horrible i think the first you know i remember like I, we slept on an air mattress and we didn't have pillows uh the first night we moved into town uh so like i remember my neck on the first day of school like just was killing me because no pillows uh so that, that you look a little funky that day <laughs> um so yeah it was just not uh, not ideal, but you know, by the end of the first week, you you get settled in things and get it figured out. I that's it's something that's that I'm always super curious about. Like you know, people coming from way different parts of the country, right? And they congregate here, and you meet a ton of different people. And it's like you know, we all li- I think that we all live in a bubble to a certain sense, right? Sure. And then you you suddenly get outside, and you're like, oh my god, it's an outsider. <laughs> yeah. So so I want to. I'm curious, like. Like, is there anything that you see that I don't see? You know, like, I'm curious how, how it is over in the Midwest and how you guys see us. So uh, that leads me to the next thing I want to ask you. Like, what is it? What are the biggest things that kind of stand or, yeah, the, the biggest thing that stands out uh, being during the last two years of you being here? Yeah, I'd probably say the diversity of everything, I think, is like probably the biggest thing that like stands out. So, uh, I mean, 
especially in such a diverse places like San Francisco, where it's like super welcoming mm-hmm. all to, a, a, to different people. So like, I mean, if you want any type of food, you can probably find it here just about from every country, anywhere. Like there is at least one restaurant in the Bay Area that will cover you for that food. And there's obviously more for um, certain groups, especially, uh, you know, depending on where you are. But um, it's just nice to be able to get that kind of variety and uh, uh, like cultural differences, like within such a short um, walk. I mean, like if you go into Chinatown, like in downtown SF, like you are essentially in what seems like a different country. I mean, it you know, you could almost talk yourself into it. So it's just nice. To- you guys don't have like a Chinatown. You guys don't have a Chinatown in Wisconsin or something like that? Uh, no, not exactly like that. Um, it it depends where you are. Like, like, I mean, Chicago has, you know, certain aspects, uh, to that. And then like Milwaukee, but but nothing, nothing like Chinatown, um, where it's like just, where do you get Chinese food then? What the, at the the China Inn or, or China Express or some other generic name, you know? (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) I'm cool, man. You ever heard of Panda Express? all day long (laughs) um but yeah i think that was kind of the biggest like biggest thing that really stood out give me some negative i want to hear something like you know you're from midwest give me something negative yeah the uh i'd say the pollution uh or like litter is kind of crazy um and like maybe in addition to that like the some of the homeless encampments um and and i think those might go hand in hand a little bit but like it's it's kind of crazy that like things cost so much here that like even people with really good jobs are not that far away from being you know um removed from their homes and then like there's parks where it looks like a campground because there's 10 15 tents set up and you know it's just unfortunate that that you know there's people living outside and um you know i i don't know like i don't know that like that is like that was honestly like kind of like disheartening to see um you know, yeah, man, I, totally. I'm, I'm with you 100%. It's like, I'm curious whether this is a problem of big cities. Um, I, I thought that this was just a big, a thing that exists in all big cities, like, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, anywhere there's like the big city, there's like huge homeless encampments. Like, do you guys not have that over in Wisconsin? Well, it depends. So yes and no. Um one, you're going to be forced to find homes uh, or not homes, but like you're going to be forced to like get things figured out a little bit faster uh, if there's winter coming because you can't sleep outside. Uh, you'll die. Um, you'll, you'll, I think there's a rare night when you would die sleeping outside in San Francisco or, or Oakland, um, but like you will for sure die in certain parts of winter uh, sleeping outside in Chicago or, or Milwaukee. So like, yes, um, there is more issues with homelessness in bigger cities. Um, mm-hmm. seems to be kind of where that, that t- tends to happen. Um, but it is, uh, quite a bit bigger here, um, than it, than it is in Wisconsin or other Midwest cities. That's so interesting. Uh, I feel like that's, that's like a, like a characteristic of the Bay area and it's kind of growing in frequency. It's kind of interesting, you know, it's like, huh, I'm curious how, how that, how that's a, that's something that we can help alleviate, but I don't know. That's like a, one of those hot topic buttons that's going on right now. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I don't pretend to be an expert in it. Um, it's just unfortunate. Like, it happens at the rate it does, you know? Yeah. Anyway, we're going on a tangent, but as a last thought for people who are considering, uh, you know, traveling for PA school, like any words of wisdom? Um, 
Yeah, I think the biggest things, um, even if because even if you're not going to a place that's like, you know, kind of an ideal place. Like if you're going to like North Dakota University or or something like that. Um, I don't know if they have a piece, but you know. <laughs> Sorry, not the my, my chemistry professor in college told us about a story where he took his coffee and like threw it out out of his like mug and it froze before it hit the ground um so if you're going to school like that where it's really cold or wherever uh someplace you might not like as much as as you would have thought or whatever but like hey you got in um you know make the best of it there's always something to do in the local area so figure out what the local thing to do is um uh, i'd say bring your significant other with if you can um it just makes things a lot easier um it's I, I, I'm really like, we talked about maybe not coming out together and, uh, we're both really glad we did, um, you know, it made our marriage stronger, our relationship stronger. So, um, I would do that again, 10 out of 10. Um, wow. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, to think about what would have like just our relationship, what would have, what it would have been like with two years of a, essentially a pause, like I, it would not have been good. Um, I don't know. It would have like really put us behind and now we're just like, you know, that much stronger and like, um, in a good spot. So, uh, I would recommend that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think just like hang out with the locals that are from the area too, because there's always going to be locals like going to the school and like, they know the area the best. I don't know, but you know, you're one of the, you're, you're not from around here, but I'm really glad that you're in the program. You're super down to earth and super easy to talk to you. So I'm glad you made the choice to come over to California. I'm glad you made the choice to, to stick around as well. David's paying me to say that guys, but uh anyway so like i guess that wraps up this portion of it's sorry, like eight dollars it's cheap it's not it's not much <laughs> all right so i mean that wraps up the portion of uh just kind of picking your brain a little bit it's always been something that i want to talk about but um you want to jump into the pa school interview yeah tech? let's move on to that okay cool um, so I talked to a couple of you, um, and I actually, you know, right now the my um, schools are actually throwing out interviews and people are flying over. So you know, it's a it's a very um, stressful time, and uh, it's a very challenging time, but it's exciting too, right? Because this is the time that you can show the school who you are and learn more about the school too. Um, at the same time, we all want to know what are the tips to help us do better. Uh, David, you want to go first or you want me to go? Uh, I'll, I'll let you go first because mine kind of goes with yours. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so my interview tip is, um, you know, you're going to be asked a ton of questions, right? Tell us about this. Tell us about that. Um, stick with something that is, stick with what is genuine. Stick with what is true. And what does that mean? Just, just talk about yourself. Like, what is your experience? Um, you can't, you know, when you, when you go outside of your comfort zone and say things that's like like that you think they want to hear that might not be it right so stick with what is the most genuine truth so that's what you do on a day-to-day basis, which is your job right uh i do i've worked in opto for three years i do this or i work in the er and i work alongside pas and physicians and nps and nurses and i see this on a daily day uh, daily basis um and this inspires me to, you know whatever it is but when you speak about your own experience and you you uh you bring that out it's genuine and they're the people interviewing you can actually see that rather than you try to go on a stretch or you go on some kind of tangent and then it's it's like you know you're trying too hard and it doesn't sound like it's coming from a real place and people pick up these things so my advice is you know stick with what is true and genuine and 
just you know focus on your own experience and what you do because that sheds light on what you bring to the program yeah i think it's kind of like uh dating a little bit in in the fact like you want to date someone who likes you for you and not like date someone who you know try and be what that you think that person wants you to be now do you you want to tell them that you're you're a millionaire like off the bat (laughs) straight up that's how you date right i mean i feel like i feel like it's maybe something you do in high school a little bit more but it's like um uh in arrested development uh i don't even remember the, the kid's name where he like like his cousin who he's like i don't know for whatever reason like interested in um he you know he just changes his mind with the wind based on like whatever she likes so like don't you know as far as school goes like don't try and give them the answer like you think they want to hear just give them you know the the best answer for you um and i i think that'll serve you well like just speaking to your point yet uh, my, I think my advice is like kind of similar to yours. And I think you need to find a way to stand out. And I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but you shouldn't, um, w- you know, just realize coming into these interviews, like with, with our school, there was 150, um, applicants and they accept 45. So a third, and you have to find a way to stand out. Uh, you can't be the, the 10th chemistry, uh, major with like a three, five who, um, really loves medicine because their grandma had, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like they've heard that, that message a thousand times and it, it just kind of falls in deaf ears. So you have to find a way to um, really stand out and, and show why you're going to be a good PA. Yeah, David, but, but how? Like, but, but that's the magical question, right? How can you stand out? Yeah, I think the, that, that kind of requires you to look inward and, and figure out your strengths. And um, I know it's a lot easier said than done. Um, but you need to find a way to show off um, what's awesome about you and why you are a good candidate. And like, you know, come into that confidently, come into that uh, interview with a little bit of swagger and like, yeah, I'm, you know, awesome because I'm great with people, which again, is can be kind of generic. I'm just using a generic example here, but like, and, and own it and uh, always have an example to go along with that as well of like, don't just tell them, but show them. And I think, I think when you say show that, right, like we can, you know, talk is talk is cheap. We can talk about anything we want, but the most convincing thing that you can talk about is 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 the reality, what you do on a day to day basis, uh, your job, what you see, what you do every day. Um, if you can show them and demonstrate that you this is something that exemplifies who you are as a candidate, that speaks volumes, yeah. right? So that's 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 a tip. That's something you can talk about that can stand out. That is meaningful. And because it's true so yeah and, and that's always the thing too like focus on your passions you know kind of just to build on what you're saying where um you know if, yep. if you're a big patient advocate like talk about that they they like to hear about what you're you're passionate about and what you're um thinking about and and, and more than just like yeah i'm going to be a good student you know they, they just want to hear beyond the generic stuff yeah exactly and and you know it's easier said than done but you know, like when you like like earlier what you said, you know, you hear the same things all the time and then that makes them zone out and you don't want to fall into that trap. Right. You don't want to become that generic person. You don't want to you know, you got to stand out somehow and maybe talk about something like one of your passions, like at what you do at work and what you see. And, you know, that's probably going to teach them something and they're going to be like, oh, I didn't know you do that. And like, oh, it's good. Like, tell me more about that. And then it becomes a conversation. Right. It's like, oh, tell me something. Oh, OK. Oh, you do this at your your job. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting because I don't do that at my job. I do this. And it's like, oh, yeah. And it goes back and forth. And then that becomes something more organic. It comes like a conversation. And it's, it's enjoyable. Too, yeah. Right? Something enjoyable. You, 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that kind of wraps everything up. That's about it, David. If you got anything so, else, uh, I think that that's all I got. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone. Um, don't get COVID. Uh, best of luck with the interviews if you're interviewing. Um, if you're getting ready for the pants, uh, I think that opens up in April. So uh, just work on getting your stuff together now um, and then be ready to go. And also, if you guys have any questions, you know, feel free to email. Uh, it's coffeecortisol at gmail.com or you can find us at uh, coffeecortisolpod at Facebook or coffeecortisol is our Instagram and uh, Twitter handles as well. Sounds great. All right, guys. All right. Have a good one, Viet. We'll talk to you soon.